0: Today we're going to be talking about some pretty heavy topics. So, if you are listening with children in the car or children around you, I'm just going to ask that you pause this and save it for a later time. Hello, and welcome to the Begin at Home podcast because all the best things begin at home. I'm your host, Taylor Ballard. Here you will find a little bit of everything, including family fun activities, childhood literacy, education, marriage, faith, and just real life. I am so glad you could join me today. I was talking to someone the other day that I really love about things that were sitting really heavy on my heart. I had just got done listening to a sermon talking about abortion. And I also saw a post on Facebook from the OUR, which for those of you who don't know, the OUR stands for Operation Underground Railroad. And it was started by a man named Tim Ballard, but I will get more into that later. And basically the post was just talking about things that are happening all over the world to children that just broke me. I cried over kids I've never even met before. I cried for their families. I cried for their childhoods that they'll never get back and the trauma that they're gonna have to endure for the rest of their lives. And it's been a really long time since I've cried that heavy and my heart just breaks for these things going on in the world right now. But as I was having this conversation with this person that I really love about these topics, the response was, I don't wanna talk about it, it's too sad, Um, I can't worry about other kids because I can't do anything about it. I can just raise up my own kids the right way and at first, after hearing that, I, I was really mad, like righteously angry. I mean, we have to try, right? And then the more I thought about it, and after I got my emotions back under control, I understood what they meant. These problems have been going on for a really long time, and I feel like they're just more recently being talked about or brought to light, and people are finding the strength to fight back against these issues. But sometimes it just feels like there's not enough soldiers to fight in the battle, so... What can I do being one person? How can I stop these issues that are almost becoming like their own industries, which sounds really sick to even say, but how can I help these kids around the world with no training, no experience, no resources? What do I do? And so I sat a really long time in prayer and I just listened without talking. I just sat and listened and said, Holy Spirit, help me. And, you know, I think think sometimes that's hard to do um, when things get heavy. Um, It's just to sit there and listen. And, I mean, honestly, if anyone knows me, they know that that's pretty hard to do. I'm pretty naturally quiet and very introverted. But over the years being married to my sweet husband, I have learned to be what they call an extroverted introvert. And the people that I'm closest to get to hear all of my thoughts. And trust me when I say I have a lot of them. And especially about things that I'm super passionate about. Some of you may have listened to an earlier podcast that I talked about the Enneagram, but if you haven't, let me catch you up real quick. I am an Enneagram one and we are the world changers. We want everything to be good and right and just, and honestly for us, it's very black and white between right and wrong, which sometimes gets me. Okay. Most of the time gets me into a lot of trouble in today's world. So my natural tendency is to want to fix every single problem that's set on my heart and I have so many things I want to change then I just get overwhelmed because I'm only one person and I'm so small in the grand scheme of life and when I start planning I think about how little resources or training I have so then it usually just leads to a breakdown and a really long cry and then we just repeat it all over again so I hope I am not the only person who's like this or the only Enneagram one that's like this But today, I'm going to talk about children and abuse in various forms, because if there is one thing in the world that I just can't get over, it's having to live in a world where people don't treat children the way that they should. Their innocence makes them an easy target. That's also what makes these topics around hurting children so much more painful. Okay, so I'm just going to jump right in, but I'm going to start with an organization that I mentioned earlier called OUR. OUR is an organization trying to combat human trafficking and exploitation, mainly in children. So basically, it's these awesome humans that are trained to go into these tough places and rescue children from some of the most horrible, awful situations you could ever imagine, and then take that times 10. If you don't think this is a huge problem, go follow them on Facebook or Instagram. It's deep, guys. I actually read one of their posts about how they rescued these kids from an organ harvesting factory and literally almost threw up they actually steal children or have women get pregnant with children and have these children just to sell their organs to people and make money so yeah i'm going to be very honest when i say to look at these things cautiously i did not i went on this bunny trail and was watching video and post and it actually made me physically ill so i'm just warning you to be careful but It doesn't just stop there. After they rescue these kids, they get these kids help to recover from what most have experienced their whole lives. So if you go to their website, OURrescue.org, they give some great resources on how you can help, which is a great starting point. They do a lot with international operations, but they also give our own law enforcement officers Um, tools to help protect children in our own backyards. So I can't say enough great things about this organization, organization, and I just wanted to give them a really quick shout out. I've been working through some of the things that they've listed, but I have to do it by little bits and pieces at a time because honestly it becomes a bit overwhelming, as I mentioned earlier. And I'm just a huge feeler, and it breaks my heart that these are even things that we have to do, and it makes it even worse as a mom and a former teacher, because I know that these things do happen and they could happen to any one of my kids. And so I want to think realistically about how I can help help in my own home. And so that's where we're gonna stick around today. But I have a feeling this topic is going to be broken into lots of different parts. So we're gonna call today part one. And this is just kind of how we can help closer to home and then we'll move outward. I heard a really great sermon one Sunday about abortion, and I'm going to be really honest with you, and this may make me sound absolutely ridiculous as a Christian, but I'm going to say it anyway. Anytime a pastor gets up on stage and talks about politics or sensitive current events, I cringe. I curl up in my seat, wish I could be anywhere but there, and that's because it's rarely done the right way in a church, especially in the church. But this Sunday left me with so much food for thought, even as a Christian. And it pushed me into thinking hard about my beliefs, why I believe these things and how to make it right. And you'll hear a lot of Christians right now talking about the topic of abortion and how it's wrong. And so I'm just going to say this in the most loving way that I can, but I'm against abortion of any kind. And I know there's a lot of this, well, Taylor, what about this circumstance or this circumstance? And I get that. But like I said before, I'm very black or white. And so is my stance on abortion. But I can't just say I'm against abortion without being willing to have a conversation about those different circumstances that may come into play. And I think that's where the big problem lies. Why do we have to cater abortion to victims of rape? Why don't we just handle the problem of rape? Why do we put victims in a spot where they feel like their only choice is to have an abortion? Because of the trauma because of the victim's age because whatever the case may be why are adults having sex with children but that's not the only reason for abortion why don't we take care of the issue of children or adults having sex before they're ready to have kids Um, another great resource that i have found is liveaction.org they also have a facebook and an instagram and they give facts and statistics that are truly out to point out the flaws in the abortion argument. And a lot of their research is done from people who have worked in an abortion clinic or um, from these women who have had abortions. And so they kind of get down to the nitty gritty of what it's all about and what it all entails. Because I think some people just don't really honestly know what it means to have an abortion. And so as I was thinking more on it, I think a lot of these things relate to our sex culture and how our worldview sex. And here are some problems I see. I see sex being introduced to children at a very young age. Some of the shows on Disney Plus that you think are family friendly are really not. There's little innuendos hinting at sex or making a big deal about relationships. I mean, think about any Disney movie you ever watched as a kid. It probably has to do with a damsel in distress and a big macho man coming to save her, um, you know, or two people falling in love. And so Disney is even making money off of relationships and gearing these towards children. But from a teaching standpoint, I've also seen a lot of parents that care a lot and maybe too much about their child's relationship with other kids that are not just friendships being quote unquote more than friends. So why is that? And then as kids get older, they're still being pushed to have love relationships because you got to date and you got to see what your type is and you got to get practice dating and you've got to make mistakes in that area. So you know a good thing when you got it. And I'm going to be real honest with y'all. That's baloney. Anyone who knew me in middle school and high school is going to laugh when I say this because they just know. But I was the least experienced person when it came to the opposite sex for a lot of different reasons, but it honestly wasn't something that was a big deal in our house. And my husband and I got married when I was 20 and he was 21, which is still pretty young for the standards of this world, especially now that most people are getting married later and later on in life, but we've been happily married for almost 10 years. So yeah, kids need to experience friendships, not dating relationships. Friendships are the most solid foundations of a marriage. So teach your kid to be a friend first when life gets rocky and you want to get on the boxing gloves and just deck your husband a few times, you'll be glad you invested in a friendship first. And so then these kids start to get even older and it starts to get a little dicey because so much pressure has been put on them for relationships that they aren't ready for that they think the only way to have a healthy relationship is to have sex with another human. And then this spirals into a bunch of issues, kids having sex, kids having trauma from having sex, either from feeling guilty about it or, you know, just being brokenhearted and kids not understanding how contraception works and kids being guilted into having sex because abstaining from sex makes you a loser. Kids making mistakes, which is expected, but now it's on a grander scale. In regards to sex and getting pregnant, kids being addicted to porn and adults being addicted to porn, which sets an unhealthy precedent for sex, sexual addictions, etc. I hope we can see how this spirals, guys. I had fourth graders; these are kids nine year nine years old viewing porn and admitting to enjoying viewing porn, and it wasn't just like one kid. Like I had one kid that you know I had, was talking about it to his friends that I overheard I had to have an awkward conversation with mom, but it was like other kids who admitted to it also. So it I think it's more than what we think. So what can we do? Honestly, I don't want to have conversations with my kids about sex until they're ready. I don't want to put thoughts in their mind that sex is important right now and that even love relationships are important right now. Boyfriend, girlfriend, I want them to have mistakes in other areas and worry about being a kid. I want their brains to develop and mature. So here are some things that we are doing in our house. We are very strict about the shows and movies our boys watch. I use the Common Sense Media website before they watch anything, but a friend recently told me about Unplugged, so we're going to try that one out too. We actually just got rid of our subscriptions to Disney Plus, Hulu, Netflix, all of that good stuff, and we went old school and bought a DVD player because I just didn't like that my boys could get on the TV and hop on Disney Plus and pick whatever movie they want. So we are whipping out the old DVD player and I get to decide the movies um, that they have to choose from. So we are very strict about shows and movies that they watch. As far as individual tablets and cell phones, those are not happening. Cell phones will happen probably around the time they learn to drive and need to call me in case of an emergency. But other than that, my kids are going to be around trusted adults that have access to a phone to call me or can call 911 in case of an emergency. And the cell phones I do get, guys, are not going to be iPhones, Androids. I want you to think like flip phones with no internet, like how we grew up here. My third and fourth graders about had panic attacks when they asked what grades my sons would get cell phones in. And I said, high school. Because most of them had phones. You the eye roll. Because not only are they not mature enough for the sketchy things that are on these devices these days, a lot of kids were completely obsessed with these. And as soon as the last bell ended for the day, they were very quickly itching to pull them out of their backpacks. Nope, nope, nope. Um, It's become an addiction and I'm just not doing it. Social media is also not allowed until they're much older and they're gonna be given rules about how everyone in our family, including the parents, will use social media. And there's gonna be a lot of discussion about digital footprints. And if you're not sure what that is, I strongly urge you to Google it because it's so important for kids and sometimes even adults to realize that nothing on the internet is private and it will stick with you for the rest of your life. My job as a parent is also to help my children develop strong communication skills and that starts with their friends at a very young age so we're going to have very open dialogue about friendships and problems that arise in those friendships i know even now with my three-year-old and five-year-old we have those conversations about friendships and my kids will know that i'm a safe place to seek advice or counsel but my children will not be allowed to seek love relationships until they can actually date And a date in our family is scheduling a time and place to enjoy another person's company with others around. You will be old enough to drive to her house. I've got two boys, so they've got to be able to drive to her house, walk up the front porch, ring the doorbell, introduce themselves to the girl's parents and chat for a bit, open the door for her to her vehicle drive her safely to whatever place is agreed upon, and then getting her home 30 minutes before curfew and being respectful of her thoughts and feelings. Dates before marriage are all about enjoying each other's company, learning more about other people, that other person, having fun together, that's it. No matter what the world may make our children believe. My third graders tried to tell me that they had boyfriends and girlfriends and I would just roll my eyes and tell them that they couldn't have one until they could spell it. Because most of them would put spaces between like boy and friend with a space instead of making it a compound word or they would swap the I and the E in friend and it was great. So that's how I got around that. And of course, my kids that could spell, I would not use that. But I knew which kids it was. So it was great. But here's my thing, guys. Like, I'm not saying all of our problems can be solved by changing our culture's view on sex, but I just feel like that may be a good place to start. By having a collective culture viewpoint that sex is the ultimate prize, we are inherently saying to men, it could be women too, I'm just using men because men hold the majority of sex crime cases, that we're telling these men that sex is the ultimate goal and they in turn can use their strength and power to manipulate and force it upon others that aren't ready, willing, Able or of consenting age and I think having these conversations first will open up a healthy dialogue around other issues such as abortion um, kidnapping. Kids high rates of divorce, etc. So I know this was really heavy and if you're wanting to chat some more about this topic with me message me if you're local, we can meet up and chat. Um, Or if you're just ready to jump on board with me and let's figure out some things we can do to help bring justice to these issues, let's do it together. But thank you all for listening and I hope you have a great week.